title of this message is The Non-Essential Church. Is there such a thing as a non-essential church? Now, please forgive this terminology, but I'm a biblicist, and I've read the Bible so much through the years, I just use my, my vocabulary has become bibline. The heathen, what I mean by the heathen is somebody who never goes to church, they're non-religious, they have no religion at all. They don't go to church, don't believe in a God, don't go anywhere, they're, they're heathen. That's what the Bible refers to them as. The heathen are beginning to think that your church is non-essential more and more lately. With this COVID-19, they're using health and safety, as you know, as an excuse to run over separation of church and state, and to stop worship services, even to the place of the arrogance of saying you cannot sing in a worship service. I believe it'll come out, it'll shake out in the Supreme Court and stuff, that they violated the law, imposing restrictions on churches that our forefathers absolutely were against. Limiting our worship, when we worship, how we worship, and singing. If we want to die, we get to die. We have the freedom to choose. They do not view the church as essential. That's why they do that. They don't think it's a necessary thing. Now, Costco, you got to keep Costco open. You know, you gotta keep the gotta keep some of those places open. But why do they keep Costco open? Well, preachers, food. People can't live without food. Why do we want to keep the church open? It's food. You can't live without food. You may think you can do it, but you can't do it. And if you, if you don't eat much, you're a one, maybe you come to church once a week, you only eat once a week, you'll become emaciated. You'll lose weight. Your face will sink in. Your dewlap will get skinny. You, you will lose your energy because you didn't eat enough. Spiritually and physically are parallel in the Bible. Jesus said, except you be born again, you'll not even enter the kingdom of heaven. He, oh, Nicodemus said, well, man, can a man be going twice in his mother's womb be born? Nicodemus, quit thinking about physical. The words I speak into your spiritual and their life. There's a parallel between the physical and the spiritual. You've got to have food for the physical to do well. You've got to have food for the spiritual to do well, folks. The church is as necessary as the grocery store. <clears throat> they don't view it as necessary. Part of the reason is because of the teaching of evolution has taken its toll. The teaching of atheism and is coming to fruition. Hypocrisy. What causes those two things to, to prosper are, is hypocrisy, fake Christianity, loose worldly lives among Christians that deny Christ and scream really non-essential. I believe in some manner we're getting paid back for a lot of what's been sown. Uh, so why... I think the world looks at the lackluster attitudes of liberals and moderates. By the way, liberal and moderate Christians, may even not, they may not even be Christian. That's between God and them. But they deny that the Bible is inspired. They deny the virgin birth. They deny the second coming, literal, physical, 
resurrection of Christ and on and on. And I don't believe you can be saved without some of those things. So, but the liberal Christian has been working out there and the moderate Christian has been working to discredit Jesus Christ and his people, the church. I think the lack of wanting to be in God's house. Churches, when I was a young man, <clears throat> Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, actually before Sunday night, you had an hour training service. Then you had Wednesday night, right? And, and we went to church. We went there every time. We had revival services that were minimum two weeks long every night. And people loved it. They wanted to do it. Now, what's happened since then to here? People get down to about one hour a week. That's all they really want. That's all they feel they can tolerate. You want to know why we're struggling? I don't want less God in my life. I want more. <clears throat> I don't want less food. I want more. And so the whole attitude of going away from wanting to be together is the wrong way. It's the wrong way to go. Listen. I'm going to spend eternity with Nick Carbon by the grace of God. I might as well get used to him now. He's going to be way better there, though. Way better. A lot of, a lot of improvements going to be a lot better. I'm going to give you three major reasons why the church is essential, and I'll quit. I won't be long. First of all, biblically, the church is essential because it is important. The world does not understand how important we really are to them to them. They want to eliminate us and suppress us and reduce us, but they don't understand. They don't live and exist and have their being in a quality manner without us. Without Christianity, crime will soar. Women sink into mere objects of lustful men. Without the church, the womb is the most dangerous place on the planet. Without the church, violence is commonplace and accepted and actually rejoiced in. Without the church, marriage is gone. Gone. Relationships that my wife and I have had 50 years, mm, 45 years of marital bliss. I've been married 50 years, but five of those years were rough. But I mean, 50 years, I can't tell you the quality, the sweetness of being married a long time. Isn't that beautiful, Tommy? Tommy? Been married a long time to one woman. You people want to trade women all the time. You don't know what's good. Without the church, honesty evaporates. There's no reason to be honest if there's no judgment. And if there's no God, there's no judgment. There's no reason to be honest. Why would you not kill somebody if you don't like them? Besides the temporal punishment. Without God, you get... Columbine. Kid walks in there. He don't think he's going to face judgment. That boy did not think he was going to face judgment. He went in there, boom, 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 and then shot himself. When they kill themselves, it tells me one thing. They do not believe there's a God. They do not believe there's a judgment because nobody will do that if they believe they're going to end up in a fiery hell screaming for mercy. No. Without Christianity... So Christ and Christianity is found in the Bible, makes society livable. Christ and Christianity is found in the Bible, make justice possible. Christ and Christianity is found in the Bible, make the quality of our lives acceptable. The church is important to the world. They need us. 
or this place will not be fit to live in. You are the salt of the world. You are the light of the world. Jesus didn't just happen to say that. He knew sociologically that was the truth. You are the light of the world. The church is the light of the world. You. You're the salt of the world. Wow, but what what does he say when a salt loses its saltiness, its power? Then the people of the world will take you and throw you out on the road and walk on you. If you're not Bible-believing, independent, old-fashioned, uh, loving Jesus, uh, the Bible don't have much use for you. Or the world won't have much use for you. They'll think you're worthless. They'll think you're non-essential. Matthew 16, 18, our text. Jesus personally makes, made the church and makes the church. I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. <clears throat> for you former Catholics, my wife was a former Catholic, I was raised up 20 miles from Notre Dame. I, uh, half the girls I dated when I was a young man were Catholic. I, I learned a little bit about Catholicism. Um, what I learned is they kind of thought Peter was the rock that Jesus was referring to. But if you look in the Greek, it's very, very clear there. The word Peter means a little stone. The word this rock means a petra. It's a big old massive rock. He says, so Peter, you're this little stone, but upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, this little, this massive this rock, I'm going to build my church. What is that rock? Well, if you know context, text without context or pretext, so you got to go back wherever you see a verse, and you got to go read before it and after it, and how does it fit in, right? How does it fit into context? Well, you look in, in up to verse 16, it says, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because he said, who, who, who do men say that I am? And so Peter steps up, as he always does, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered unto him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed unto you, not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So the statement that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, is supernaturally understood and taught by God himself. So don't sit there and say, well, everybody believes Jesus. No, they don't. No, they don't. In fact, nobody believes Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, unless God the Holy Spirit reveals it to them. That's a great privilege, is it not? And it was upon that confession that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, which was a term of deity, was what the whole church has been built upon. It's built upon the doctrine and the teachings of who Jesus is. That's Matthew 16, 16, 16 through 18. So the church, if I may make this statement, the church is an organism or more of an organism than it is an organization. If you want to look for a phenomenal organization, you look to the Jehovah Witnesses. They got one of the most clockwork, organized groups of anybody I've ever studied or looked at. But they're not alive. They're a great organization, but not an organism. We, fundamental, independent, Bible-believing Baptists, two of us almost can't stay in the same room, 
We may not be real good on our organization, and we may be sloppy on some of our methods, but by the grace of God, we're alive. We've been birthed from above. And you know, birth is messy. Birth is messy. Yeah, that's God's method. It's the way he chose it. And, and God uses there's life. Church, while the church is living, it's moving, it's vital, it's alive, it's active, it's impactive, it's irritating, it's comforting, it's motivating, it's nurturing, it's growing. Only Jesus really knows who makes up the local church. We can't judge from the outside in for sure. He doesn't give that judgment to us because he birthed the people that are part of the local and invisible church. God birthed himself through the faith in Jesus Christ. By the way, why is the church important? Because Christ is the head of the church. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, 19, it says it straight up and down. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may, might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father in him, as Christ, should all fullness dwell. Ephesians 5, 23, straight up and down. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior, savior of the body. Why are men stronger than women? And don't say they're not. I almost never met a woman I couldn't whip. Maybe Pam Hughes, I don't know. Pam, maybe she may be able to whip me. I, she's a tough girl. But I'm going to tell you, in all seriousness, men are stronger generally. If you don't believe it, put a woman in the NFL. Put her out there with them boys and see how she does. Any sport, name a sport that has contact. And, and women are going, eh, I think you boys better play together. Because God made physiological differences in us that you can't deny it. It's too big, too long, too historical, too recordable. We're the protector of our women. Amen? You're supposed to, just like Christ is the head of the church, so uh, we are the head of our wife, meaning we're her leader, her fearless leader and protector. We're, I, I care about my woman. I protect my woman. When she gets in her, we have a 225-foot walk from where I park my vehicle to my home. I live out in the country, out in five acres, out in the wilderness. I always tell my wife, now if you're home by yourself, you pull out that 357, you put that in your hand on your walk between the house, between, the, between your car and the house, just have that 357 in your hand. That's all you got to do. Amen? She says, oh, Bill, I don't want to do that. I said, do it. I say, excuse me, do that, please. You know I'd be sweet. You know I'd be sweet. And of course, I'd never be. Why do I do that? I'm her, I'm her protector. She's supposed to listen to me. That's right, Greta. That's right. Well, how important is the church? Well, as important as Christ is to his body. He purchased us with his own blood. He died for us. He lives for us. Never discount the local church. It's important and importance will never go away. Because when you insult the local church, Bible-believing, I'm talking about Bible-believing people now. They're born from above. 
When you insult the local church, you're insulting, you're insulting the one who purchased it. Beware. So why is the church essential? First of all, it's important. This is not an add-on to your life. This is your life. This is not just a little add-on. I think I'll go to church once in a while. Don't know. This is your life. This needs to be. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things you're worried about, I'll add them to you as, as you can take them. Amen? As you can take them. Sometimes it wouldn't be good. Right now, little little wheelbarrow. Little wheelbarrow is about two, two and a half, three years old. It wouldn't be good to give him all of the sugar he wanted. And God knows sometimes we come to him and say, give me, give me. And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want the sugar. Well, if, do what my dad did. He'll give you all the sugar and watch you throw up and say, what about that? How do you like that? So the church is important. Number two, the church is essential because of its power. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, 17. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye, plural, are. The Holy Spirit, when you get born from above, comes in. That's what makes you born from above. He that hath not the Spirit of God is none of his. That's Romans 8. Got to have the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God comes in, seals the deal. He's your down payment on what's to come. Uh, and, and you are now part of the children of God by faith in Christ and by birth. You're, you're forever attached to God. You're his child. The Holy Spirit's there to comfort you He's there to teach you. He's there to guide you. He's there to give you power to live for Christ. Because the Bible has a lot of standards. It wants you to live. It says, "Be not a, he that's a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So right away it says, don't go with the way the world's going. Don't, don't go. Well, where's the power for that? Holy Spirit. He said, don't destroy your body. Well, I used to smoke uh, Marlboro, two, three packs. And they were 35 cents. That's how long ago it was. And when I got right with God, first thing that the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, you got to stop the smoking. There's nothing in this world I like more than smoking. It was the most pleasurable habit I ever, I'm not trying to talk into it, but it was the most pleasurable habit I ever had. And I said, whoa. So I decided I am going to quit. Ha, ha, ha. And let me tell you, that demon rose up in me and said, you aren't going to be happy the rest anymore in your life if you don't have a cigarette. And I was hungry for a cigarette. And I longed for a cigarette. And I thought about it, meditated on it, and thought, I'm not happy, so I went and got a cigarette. But when I took that first puff of that cigarette, there was a voice in me that went, gotcha. And I felt good again, but then I felt bad again. Because now the Holy Spirit was insulted, and, and he said, you got to quit that. You can't be my, my child if you're going to keep doing it. You're destroying this temple. But even back in the 60s, they knew that smoking led to cancer of the lungs often. And so, you know, a hundred times I quit, a hundred times minimum. I, pick, I, put, I, I would be so desperate, sometimes I'd get a cigarette butt on the street and smoke it. I wasn't even worried about COVID. Actually, I wasn't worried where that person had been. 
That's addiction. It was General Surgeon General Coop. Remember him? He said quitting smoking is like quitting heroin. He had it right. He had it absolutely. For me, that's what it was. It might not be for you, but for me, that's where it was. I've quit heroin, though I never did heroin. But, brother, I understand what it is when you get something in you. Where did I get that power? The Holy Spirit. How essential is the church? Well, it's important, and it's a source of power. You need the local church to do well. Now, as a born-again Christian without, without the local church, you may go out into the world and be able to live, but you're not going to do well. You're not going to do well. You need to get together. You need the songs of Zion. You need the prayers of the saints. You need the preaching. For it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen? Chris Barrow is going to quote some scripture tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 24. He didn't know that, but tonight he's going to do that. Each member is a vessel filled with the Holy Spirit. Submit yourself to God, and the Holy Spirit will come in and give you help. In chapter 16, verse 14, here's what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. He says, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. So what's the Holy Spirit do? He teaches me about Jesus. He teaches me things to come. Oh, my, he has an array of power that he gives us. The local church is where God's people get together that have the Holy Spirit. So when you have the Holy Spirit, and 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 you have, you have, we get together, something happens. There is, when you take, how many of you have charcoal grilled without gas? You've used charcoal. Raise your hand. Imagine that. Imagine people have not used charcoal. Charcoal, a little black thing like this. Have you ever tried to light one of them? You ever tried to light one charcoal? They're horrible. They won't light. Now, they can have I mean, stuff on them. They can have pre-soaked, pre, uh, and they don't want to burn. They'll burn it and burn out. But if you take 20 of them and stack them up in pyramidal shape, and you go to the bottom of that with a match and get that bottom one on fire, what happens? The one goes to two, two goes to three, three goes to four, five, 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 five. Pretty soon you got a, ooh, you got a red hot little pyramid there, don't you? That's the church. That's you and me. I, get, I warm you up, you warm me up. I warm you up, you warm me up. I warm you up, you warm me up. Uh, she warms you up, you warm him up. Uh, uh, you know, and, and we go around to each other and we warm each other up spiritually. We challenge each other. It says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, that rebuke one, uh, exhort one another what it is called today, lest you be deceived, lest you be something by the decept, deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another what is called today. Well, it's a good verse. I look like Jim Knott up here. We're supposed to exhort one another. That's what that's all about. And we're supposed to, once in a while... Once a, do, you, do you appreciate the person who comes up to you in a public place when you're with a bunch of people and says, you got a booger on your nose? 
You appreciate that? Brother, I appreciate the person who comes up to me and says, by the way, that mucus, sometimes they'll, instead of, they'll call it mucus. That, that big piece of mucus is hanging out of your nose is bothersome. I'll say, oh, thank you very much. And, and you rub it off. You go to a mirror, take it off. And I had a teacher one time, I'm going to tell this. I'm, you know, if you don't like it, I can't help you, but I'm, I'm going to keep you awake. I had a teacher one time at Bob Jones University. He was teaching a book of Acts, and he had just blew his nose and everything, and he had something hanging out of his nose. And there were 45 students in there, and we didn't hear a word that man said. All we do, and we're looking at that thing and saying, what in the world, how are we going to stop that? So what did that teach me? Never blow your nose without a mirror. Things I learned at college. We help each other at the local church. We refine each other at the local church. We knock off some of the, some of the rough spots. You have a few rough spots. Oh, brother. You got rough spots. If you don't think you have rough spots, that is a rough spot. Pride. We'll help you, we'll help you knock some of your pride off. Amen? The church will humble you, help you, exhort you. It's a family. It's a family. How essential is that? No Holy Spirit, no church. No Holy Spirit, no power. No Holy Spirit, no salvation. That's essential, man. Local church promotes the kingdom of God on earth. People are delivered as they submit themselves to God through the ministry of the local church. Marvelous change and things are wrought. The church is important, it's powerful. Thirdly, and lastly, we're essential because the church is purpose-driven. We're purpose-driven. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. How many? That's the whole realm of the doctrine of Scripture. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Mark 16, 15, Jesus' words, going to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You can't spell good without go. You can't spell God without go. You can't spell gospel without go. A lot of what we do is we are the feet and the hands and the mouth of God. Ha! Ah, you say, Bill, that's awful arrogant. It's not. Uh, we beseech the, the Bible says, uh, Paul was talking, he says, we beseech you as though We come to thee as though God did beseech you by us, be you reconciled to God. What, what he basically was saying the first time I read that and knocked my socks off. You mean when I go door to door, I'm a representative of God. It may be the only God they ever see. You're not a God. There's only one God. But you're a representative of God. You know the verse, you're an ambassador for Christ. But you know what? When you touch our ambassador, you touch the government, and the power of the United States of America. And when, when, uh, when you go out there and you do bus ministry and pick up these, you're doing this for Jesus. You're the go-to guy for Jesus Christ. You're here to make it happen, man, or make it happen, woman. That's what part of church is for. 
Why is it essential? We're the go-to part of it. Friday night RU is part of the go-to part of it. Sunday school this morning, part of the go-to part of it. Uh, bus ministry, part of the go-to part of it. Uh, when we used to go to nursing homes, part of the go-to part of it. Well, door to door, we're getting ready to do that again. Fire that back up. We're, we're going to go out there and win people to Christ. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them Jesus saves. Man, if they ever need to hear it, they need to hear it now. Why is the church important? Why is the church essential? It's important. It's Holy Spirit filled and it's purpose driven. There are souls at stake. It's time sensitive. I know March when this thing came down. You know, we looked at each other. I had many deacons meetings, and I looked at the men, and I said, truthfully, I don't want to close. Because why didn't I want to close? Because souls are dying and going to hell. That's why. We took a lot of prayer, a lot of time, and begrudgingly, we closed for six weeks. Virtual is not the same as what we're doing here. It cannot be. And so after six weeks, we came back together and had a few other meetings. We got the men and says, I, and I was a pastor. I said, I got, we got to open. Live or die, get COVID, don't get COVID. I got I to gotta have church. Church, I'm part, we got to do it. And we opened up. I said, I don't know if anybody's going to show. I figured the deacons would show, right? I mean, they ought to show. They voted for it. They ought to show. So they wanted, they wanted to do it, and we wanted to do it, but we didn't know if you folks would come. Listen, without you here, we can still have church. It'd be, but, I mean, you know what I'm saying. You vote with your feet. People said when they showed up, we've, I'm willing to take the risk, preacher. Are you going to wear a mask? No. I think wearing a mask makes it worse than not wearing a mask. You can believe that how you want. But you touch your face about 20 times more than with it. But whatever that is, and however that mass thing comes down, forget about that. You get it through your hands anyway. You're going like this. Don't do that. Don't touch your eye. Don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, I'm not. I'm not I wash my hands, so. I'm no fool. I'm not going out and jumping in front of a car saying, I wonder if God's going to save me today. No, no. I'm doing it washing my hands. I bathe, but I'm going to hug you. I'm going to shake hands with you. I'm going to be around you because I need you. I need you. We need each other to survive and do well. How essential is the church? How many in this auditorium got saved Somehow or another, by a local church or through a local church, raise your hand. How essential is that? How essential is that? It's a nursery for heaven, an incubator for spiritual life, a testifier of the works of Christ. It is essential. I will build my church. And the very gates of hell, the consuls of hell, Newsom, Whitmer, or none of those people will stand against it. They'll be long forgotten. And the church will still be going on. Because Jesus Christ builds a church. Father, thank you for a few minutes together.
Give us wisdom from heaven. Help us to see it. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.